Hey friends, welcome to a Jesus Church podcast. You're listening to a teaching from our Sunday gatherings. We exist to join God in the renewal of all things by becoming a unified, spirit-filled family that follows the way of Jesus. And our desire is to come alongside you to encourage and equip you for that journey. So, if we can serve you in any way, please reach out to us through our website at ajesuschurch.org connect. As always, we hope that this teaching increases your hope and deepens your faith. My name is Amy, and our teaching text for this morning is John 14, 8 through 10. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. This is the word of the Lord. Amen, amen, thank you, Amy. Well, let's pray before we open up the scriptures. Jesus, thank you for your word and thank you for your work in our midst. Would you open us up to the things that you want to do? Lord, help us be curious about what you have to show us and the work you want to do in us today. Lord, overcome the obstacles, the distractions, because there is good things that you have for us and we don't want to miss it. So Jesus, help us be attentive to what your spirit's revealing. Amen. Okay, so welcome to Community Sunday. This is part of our Going Deeper series. Uh, My name's Richard, and I work with Nicole, who is down here, uh, who you'll often see at the Connect uh, desk. Uh, And we help to try and foster communities um, here at AJC. And so one of the things as we were praying, okay, God, like what are some of the areas you want to call us to go deeper in this year? Like one of them was to do with this area of community. So I want to talk a little bit about what it is. It should be a fun morning because I've got lots of friends lined up to come and share some of their experiences and stories and encouragements uh, as they've stepped into community. Um, And I wanted to launch out of this text because this is uh, one of the most profound pictures of the kind of community, the kind of relationship that exists actually in God himself. And so here you've got this amazing insight into this relationship between Jesus and God the Father, these two persons in the Godhead. And Jesus says, uh, you know, the disciples are all excited, you know, like, well, just show us the Father. Like, Jesus, you're awesome, but like, you know, the, the Father has been the figurehead of how God's presented himself to his people through all the history of Israel. Like, we, we would just love to see the Father. And Jesus says, like, but, but if you see me, that's, that's your route to also seeing the Father. He says, like, don't you know, when, when, you, when you see me, when you see what I do, when you see my intentions played out, when you see me pursue a goal, when you see me, my heart and my mind and my emotions expressed, like what you're also seeing is the Father's heart and the Father's mind and the Father's goal, the Father's activity in the world 
playing out through Jesus. And vice versa, that like is also true. That he says, and also like the Father is in me, but I am also in the Father. So these two, they're kind of, they interlink. And then this is part of this big speech in uh, the Gospel of John. It's part of Jesus' last words to his disciples as he wraps up his mission in his body on earth. And it culminates in him talking about how the, the Spirit is going to be sent, this other person in the Godhead. And the Spirit, you know, I mean, the Spirit's been around all through the Old Testament. He's not like new, like, oh, where did you come from? But he's going to now manifest in and around and through these disciples in a new and distinct way. And Jesus wants them to understand that and be expectant and be waiting for that. And one of the key things that Jesus says is, hey, what the Spirit's going to do among you, the way he's going to work, his activity in you and among you is going to help reveal more of the Father and Jesus and your relationship with and your knowledge of the Father and of Jesus is going to actually be able to go deeper because of your connection to the Spirit. So all three are sort of revealing each other. They're all up in each other's business. And like this is called the doctrine of the Trinity, which is a word lots of people have heard. Uh, I love to nerd out about it, but I'm not going to nerd out about it this morning because it's not Trinity Sunday, it's Community Sunday. So that's a conversation for another time. Um, but in the Trinity, we have this one being, this one God, but he is so perfect in his love and his personhood and his relationships that within himself, that perfection gets expressed through three distinct persons. And those three distinct persons and those three relationships get expressed to us, his creatures and his creation. So this amazing three-in-oneness. And the way that they all are interdependent, they kind of overlap each other. Theologians have a word for this, fancy word, perichoresis because you've always got to have a weird Greek word or Latin word, otherwise it's not real. Like, it makes it more real. So perichoresis, and it's this idea that, like, the Father never does something. He's never active. There's never an action that the Father's doing without Jesus and the Spirit also being a part of what's going on. And the same is true for each of these three people. They form, like, such a tight bond that the, the, there's no sort of intention in the heart of the Father without there being some like correlations in the heart of Jesus and in the heart of the Spirit. So these three people, okay, our God represent this pure, deep, perfect community where all three, they can't be, they can't act without the others. They're all perfectly aligned. They move in unison. They're always in unity, like this amazing picture. But here's where it gets really, I want to say funky, because it's profound, okay? And it's challenging, and it's so challenging, it's a little bit like, no, like, can this be true? Like, this just sounds weird. So I want to read a little bit later in John. And so Jesus, he ends up in this long dialogue he's having with his disciples, praying for them. And he prays for the disciples like who've been with him. But then he goes on to pray this in chapter 17. He says, my prayer is not for these who are like actually in front of me alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me 
through their message. That's us. Like that's everyone else who follows Jesus but didn't get to live in the first century and actually be with him. So this is Jesus' prayer for us. And here's what he prays, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so the world may believe that you've sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Did you catch it? Right? All of this talk of oneness right, and, and unity, it doesn't just mean like, oh yeah, like our beliefs align. It doesn't just mean like, oh yeah, we agree about politics. It's the kind of unity that's about a way of being. And like, what way of being is that? The one that the Father and the Son and the Spirit share. That way of being. That deep community. That interconnectedness. Like that reality, that, that perfect Trinitarian relationship, God actually reaches out around, around us and says, this is for you too. I want to relate to you in a deep way. I want you to belong to me in a deep way. I want my life and my work and my heart to interact with you in a way that changes you. And not just that, but with each other. That I'm actually creating this unity among you as I do this. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just so amazing? Like Jesus, I mean, he's not lying. Right? Because Jesus doesn't lie. But doesn't that just seem profoundly a million miles away from our experience? That that kind of reality, God could in truth say, like, I'm going to do that with you too. I'm going to do it with you too. Now, I know, like, we, you might be thinking, like, yeah, but that just seems a million miles off. Is, is that like, yeah, when Jesus comes back, like, in the hereafter, in he, like, is that what's happening in heaven? All right? Well, lest you think that, okay, Paul picks up the same theme in 1 Corinthians. Listen to this. Paul says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit to form one body. So this is body theology, right? Paul's using this metaphor as a body to talk about what we, as people who follow Jesus, as the church, are like. Like, what are we actually like? What's our way of being? And this idea of oneness, of interconnectedness, shows up in this metaphor of the body. And we're not reading it, but it'd be like, it's kind of hilarious. Paul uses, this is some New Testament theology. Uh, sorry, New Testament comedy. It's comedy theology. It's good. Um, <laughs> Because he kind of paints this picture of the body and says, it would be so stupid, like for the head to be like, I don't need the legs, you know, I'm fine. Like I can cope without them. Or for the arms to be like, you know, like I don't need a, I don't need a neck and a head. Like I can just be an arm by myself. He's like, he, so he paints this absurd picture and says how absurd it would be as the body of Christ, as the family of God, the family we keep talking about wanting to grow to be, if we thought we could just be independent from each other and that we didn't actually need each other. 
Because we've, because of our, our, our Western values on independence and autonomy, we sort of have this view that all of us want to become a complete Jesus. And that's great, okay? Jesus is our perfect example and we wanna to grow to be like him as much as we can. But friends, here's the reality. Perfect Jesus will show up in West Portland through this church, not through me, not through Britt, not through Tim, not through Eric, like I'm pointing at people now, uh, but through us together. That's Jesus' plan. That's Jesus' plan like to actually form us into the people he wants us to be. And uh, like, this is something, uh, we articulate this often around when we take communion because we were baptised by one spirit into the same one Lord Jesus Christ. We all share in one cup. Okay? And it's, it's not talking about like ideological alignment. It's not talking about place. Like, yeah, we all belong to the same church. It's talking about like the deep things of what we actually are now that we're the people of God. We are actually one. And God wants to work that oneness out in us. So this is a, just a profound picture of what community can be. Like so profoundly deep, it kind of boggles the mind. And really challenging, okay? Because I don't know about anyone else, but I've not experienced fully what Jesus is talking about, right? And that's part of the reality now that we need to bring into a practical conversation as part of this Going Deeper series. Because this vision, this picture, it's the deep end. It's the deep, deep end over here, okay? And most of us, like, we don't just like come to know Jesus and then find ourselves here. Like, oh, look, it's like it's all happened. Like, I'm just automatically doing it. You know, I, I remember as a new Christian, there's a couple of things that God just did in me. It was awesome. And then I started to bump into things that were going to be a journey, and it was really confusing until someone sat me down and said, you know what, most of it actually is a journey. So the reality is, most of us find ourselves somewhere here, like getting in the shallow end, somewhere in the middle ground. Like, we see that, and that's important but there's gonna be steps to get there. And, and if we just, if all we look at is this, we might find ourselves being frustrated and thinking, I just don't think I can do it. And that's true not just of community, but of so many things in the life of following Jesus. So what I wanna to do today is talk about some of the things that we do here at our church. Like there is this, we wanna get over here, this deep water that we wanna get in, but what are some of the spaces and things that we do that help us take that journey? And so I'm going to invite some friends uh, to get up and share some of their experiences because as much as uh, you, know, you guys love to hear from me, of course, um, I think it's so powerful to listen to people who are actually like doing something in that zone. And so I've got a few steps. So right, right at this end, I want to talk about lingering. And lingering is something we talk about in worship, actually. You know, we have, we have a teaching, we have some worship time, we take communion, and often Geordie will be like, I, I think there might be something more God wants to do. And so lingering is occupying that space of like, is there something more? Just making a little bit of space for a little bit more. And lingering, it, I, I literally means something as simple as, I think in our culture, it is a countercultural discipline to arrive to church 10 minutes early and stay 10 minutes late and try and interact with some people. 
Because church is not an event. It's not a building. It's not a program. It's a people. It's, it's this family inhabited by the Spirit. It's about the people. Now, sure, on Sunday when we gather, there are some things as a people we do. We worship. We, where there's a teaching. There's things like that. But you're here partly because of people. At least that's the theology. That's what it directs us towards. And I think we understand that this is important. Like, you know, if I invited you over for dinner and you thought it was only about the food, you know, you'd be texting me, like, you know, is, is the food on the table yet, Richard? Like, no, give me 10 minutes. Like, okay, you know, well, we'll just sit in the car and wait, you know? And then, <laughs> and then I text you, it's ready, and you come in like, hi, thanks, you know, and you, and you sit down and you eat, and you're like, uh, is there dessert? Like, yeah, well, there's always dessert in our house. So you eat the dessert and you're like, well, uh, thanks. And you leave. Super weird, right? So why do we do it in church? Right? So I want to I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and invite you. Okay? And I know, because I, I stand at this end, there are some families with young kids, and you're like red-faced, like running in 10 minutes late, like, we made it, you know, like that's okay. Like learn, learning and just striving for it. And it's so hard sometimes. But I want to invite you to think of your idea of a Sunday and church and just move the margins out a little bit to make room for people. So I want to invite up my, my new friends, Zachary and Alex. And so these two, yeah, give them a, a welcome up. So these are two people who are newer to our church and they are my lingerers of the month. So do you guys want to just introduce yourselves and say who you are and how long you've been here? Hello, my name is Zachary, and we just moved here from Chicago. And I'm Alex, and as you can probably tell, also seven months pregnant. So we got a lot of life going on right now. Awesome. And so from Chicago, have you guys been laughing at the snow in Portland just this week? Not the ice, not the ice. Um, <laughs> you guys don't salt, so. It's dangerous out I feel very affirmed, that's good. So what's it been like being new here? Like what's the experience been like for you guys? Well, I mean, it was so amazing to see like the format, the programs such as Alpha and the small group programs, and just the way you all sing and worship, it was so much like our home church in Chicago. So that was just awesome to see. Yeah, we actually discovered AJC when we were out here on a house hunting trip for, for just a week. and. We played a song that my dad actually used to sing to me when I was a kid, and then we heard a song for the first time, and then um, we went back to Chicago and they played the same song. We just had this like profound sense that God's got us. God's mm, got us through this transition really cool. and is here to help make a home for us. That's awesome. And then I've watched you guys, and, and I've interacted. I've lingered with you and got to know you a little bit and watched you doing it. So you guys have pressed into that. What's it been like as you've tried to, to linger and build relationship? Yeah, so of the two of us, uh, I'm definitely the more introverted one, so it's not necessarily in my comfort zone to, to put myself out there, but I would say it's been so reassuring just how welcoming people are, not only in the moment, but really trying to create connections with you even outside of church. And so many of the experiences we're having right now are our first impressions of the Pacific Northwest, and it's just been so hopeful about the life that we're, we're trying to create here. And for me, my wife says that I can make friends in any room, any situation. We're in the grocery store and I'm talking to people for like five minutes like I've known them my whole life. 
So it's really amazing, though, to see, I mean, we've only been married for a year and a half, first kid on the way, and it's really just amazing to see my introvert wife agree to get up here on stage and for us to make friends together for the first time. So, so as a fellow introvert, I think, especially connecting with you, Alex, like, as you step into the uncomfort zone of then lingering and put, like, making that space for other people, is there anything that Jesus does that kind of helps you or encourages you in that? Yeah, I mean, I would say if you, if you look at scriptures, most of the examples aren't God calling people to say like, hey, just sit there and keep doing the same thing you're doing. Usually it's like, go forth and lean in and, and make a change in, in some way. So, you know, community is not something that necessarily just happens to you. It's something that you need to be intentional about and, and mm. work towards. And, you know, if you're ever going to take a chance, if you're ever going to invest it's at your church. You have a, a shared faith with people and there's no stronger bond than that. Hmm. And I'll try and share this story super quickly. Um, so we don't know many people here. So when we ran into Richard in the grocery store, I think it was New Year's Eve, we were shopping and that, that was a treat in itself. But what really became an only God moment was that my younger sister called me and my grandmother had been dealing with COVID and she had developed pneumonia and she ended up in the hospital. And so my sister FaceTimed me from our rural town in the middle of nowhere. Um, so the fact that she was able to get through me was awesome. And she, my grandmother ended up developing a collapsed lung and had to get life flighted to have surgery. But in that moment, we had run into Richard and we had gone out, and we were doing our shopping and Richard came back and we saw him again and we were like, hey, can you pray over FaceTime with us right now for my grandmother? And this was before the surgery and everything, but just in that moment, we felt so seen and so loved by God. And, God, and just mm -hmm. to know that through the body of Christ, through this community, God was still watching over us and letting us know that, hey, you may be thousands of miles away from home, but I still have you. Mm, I love that. Well, let's thank these guys for sharing. Thank you, guys. I love that. Like, we, we'd only just started, like, a little connection. But then that becomes a God moment as we have a prayer meeting in, in the grocery aisle of Safeway. Like, so, so awesome. And so I want to encourage you. Like, create those little margins. So next step, okay? You start doing that. You, you're not arriving at church and be like, no one knows me, which is really hard and really horrible. Um, and so I, I hope you don't stay there long. But then what if you're like, okay, how can I grow space to be with others? How can I take like another step deeper in? And I wanna encourage you, one of the things we've seen God use so much in this church is joining a team. I, I, I kind of feel like when Paul talks about giving, I'm gonna steal something from next week probably from Tim. Paul says, hey, I'm not interested in the money, I'm interested in like the work God's gonna do as you step into giving. And it's kind of the same with joining a team. Like, yeah. There's work God wants to do. Like we, we need more people loving the kids for Jesus on Sundays. We need more people discipling our teens at youth night on a Wednesday. There's like all these areas, there's needs. But so much of it is the way that God actually works in you as you step into a shared space shoulder to shoulder with others. And there's so many opportunities. There's so much going on. And as more people step in, I think God's just gonna start doing more stuff as well. And so I want to encourage you, when you, when, I mean, we had the announcement today, like you're invited to go to that at Jesus Church slash connect and see what the opportunities are. That's not just because we'd really love you to participate and help with what God's doing, 
But it's also, that could be your way to get a little bit more deeply connected to some people. Because let's face it, okay, especially for us introverts in the room, the two minutes is the scariest part of a Sunday. Like, we are not inviting people for coffee in that time. We're just trying to get through it, okay? <laughs> and that's okay, right? We, we try, we try and do it, it's good. Like, maybe we need, like, the Anglican liturgy is during that time is you say, you shake someone's hand, you say, peace be with you, and they say, and also with you. Because we're so socially awkward in Britain that we need a liturgy to tell us how to do the two <laughs> minutes, okay? So if that's you, just start doing that around here. It'll be great. But if you're in the kitchen making breakfast with like five other people, or you're on the hospitality, you're outside and you're just saying hi to people, but with a few people, it breaks it down to be a more manageable way to get to know people. So I want to invite you into that. And then the, one of these other kind of middle spaces is all of these kind of family spaces that we have around here. We've um, been having these things like, f we call them family nights. Like, do you, uh, do you remember we had the tree lighting? Um, it, it was a little bit about the tree lighting. It was also a little bit to do with uh, a lot of cookies. It was really good fun. Um, we've got another one of those coming up in February, and it's going to be a chili cook-off. So I'm really excited. I don't know who's going to get to be a judge, uh, but you know, I'm just going to put my name out there you know, now, just to you know, mark my interest. But that, like, it's time to come together and have fun. And, be, and sort of, it creates a longer, lingering space to get to know each other, to actually go a step, well, actually not a step, but quite a few steps deeper than you can do in two minutes. And, and we've got things like, uh, we've got a men's breakfast coming up. So the guys can have space to get to know each other. Um, just before Valentine's Day, there's going to be a daddy-daughter dance here, which is going to be beautiful for you to spend time with your daughters, but also to, to get to know some other dads. And so some of our, our students and kids can get to know one another. So I want to invite you, like, there's all of these things happening in our community. Like, like, I live in Sherwood, and Sherwood does an awesome, there's free hot dogs, they do a tree lighting out in like the town square, it's great fun. But you know what? There's something about the meaningfulness of doing it with my family, with my King Jesus family, that elevates the importance of it. So when push comes to shove, if I can't go to both, like, I'm going to do something to wrestle with the importance of making family time with my King Jesus family. So these family nights, they're, like, they're really important. You're not signing up to come to something every week for the rest of your life. You can just come for one night, like dip your toe in the water and see what it's like. And so these are really awesome opportunities and things like keep your ears tuned out as we let you know those things coming up. Okay, so, so what if it's like a step deeper than I'll just come to a one-off thing? What if it's like, how can I maybe build a bit of a rhythm of spending time with people? So I want to uh, invite up Mariah and Jenny because one of these things we have, and you're all sat on a card, which is letting you know about this, is Alpha. Yeah. And so let me start asking you, Jenny. So in a nutshell, we've heard about it for a couple of weeks, but just in Absolutely. case anyone was dozing, right. what's Alpha? Yeah, in a nutshell, Alpha is a space for conversations about life, faith, and meaning. We have this space where people who, whether are of varied faith backgrounds, of no faith background, or even if you're a Christian with a lot of doubts, it's a space to come with your questions. You kind of get to intersect with the hallmarks of who Jesus is, and that being that there's 
radical hospitality. We always eat a meal together. And then there's space for so many questions. Jesus asked more questions than he answered them. That's and awesome. then we, we have a great space of really listening in love. And so that, that's what Alpha's about. Yeah, that's the ingredients. Yeah. And, and then why, I mean, it might seem a little weird yeah. because it's all about like exploring Jesus, exploring faith, exploring life. Why, when we talk about community and belonging and relationships, bring Alpha up? Like, because actually these two are really connected, right? Yeah. Well, I, have, I absolutely love that question, especially since these are sitting in your, car, in your chairs. Um, I'm not just spamming you with Alpha stuff right now. <laughs> uh, you guys are my community of intercessors. You are my community of evangelists. And Alpha is designed to fail without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And so this is about you. This Alpha is about an opportunity for you to think about who you are journeying with in life and maybe invite them, but also for you to join us in prayer for all of those people that maybe feel really outside or on the margins or too afraid to take a step in and ask those questions. And, and it's a space for you to come that we've created to celebrate those questions and that space of life that you're in. That's awesome. Yeah. And over to you, Mariah. So you've been a part of leading Alpha and on the Alpha team for a long time. Yeah. How's that impacted you? Yeah, so I first started Alpha um, because I wanted to do better about engaging in conversation with people around faith that did not have the same beliefs as me. Um, and the first time I got to do it, I got to do it with my really good friend, Scott, which was such a pleasure. And Scott's an atheist, and it was such a cool space for us to have this dialogue together and get to hear other people's perspectives, and we just had the best time. Um, and Scott and I are still really good friends, and Scott's in uh, Alpha quite a few times to this point, actually, um, and is still an atheist, but we'll encourage others to do it because it's so welcoming and has enjoyed that dialogue and enjoyed, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, and enjoyed hearing other perspectives. And that, that's what Alpha is. That's that, what mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. And for me, it's changed my heart posture in conversation, not just at the Alpha table, but in everyday life, um, and learning to ask good questions. And really, as Jenny said, like, listening and like how much that is loving to other mm. people and just really listening and truly hearing their perspectives and what they want to bring to the table. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, last question on Alpha then. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Jenny, we're not going to ask you this one. Mariah, <laughs> what's your favorite part? Yeah. Favorite thing about Alpha? Favorite thing is the community, which I know, I know it's Community Sunday. But I didn't make her say <laughs> I know, this. I know, but truly it's the friends that I've got to make with Alpha. Um, there's so many people that walked in the door as strangers and left as such good friends and got to go through ups and downs and then get to celebrate together with prayers answered and Holy Spirit transformation and family reconciliation and getting to celebrate like weddings and births and doing life together. Um, it's been such a joy and I yeah can't recommend it enough. I've enjoyed it so That's much. That's awesome. Let's thank these guys yeah. for sharing. Thank you guys. I want to tell you about a couple of other of these kind of in-between things. I'm just going to mention one, which is Beta. Beta's really like Alpha, but rather than kind of exploring life in Jesus, it's more exploring church and this church. And that's going to be coming in the fall when we do that again. But in this next season um, of sort of community life between now and Easter, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, a little bit new. We're going to take communities on the road. So we've still got like lots of community groups meeting around the city, 
But Nicole and I were praying uh, with Steve and Angela, um, and uh, Steve's one of the elders, um, and we often get together and pray about what, what God wants to do. And we thought, you know, I think we need to do like a community roadshow. We need to go around the city to where people are who are not yet in community and do a community pop-up. So as we get in a couple of weeks in February into this uh, series we're looking forward to in Habakkuk, Nicole and I, each week, and it's like on the website, you can find where and when, we pick somewhere where we're like, I think there's enough space, there's going to be some food, and we want to invite you, if, like, if you can get there and you're not in community yet, but you're curious about community, you're somewhere in this middle ground, and you're like, I, I would like to like build relationships. I want to hang out with Richard and Nicole and maybe like a few other people who are exploring community and yeah, have some fun and get to know each other, but like talk about life with Jesus and what Jesus is up to and what we've been learning. And it's just like a taste of what happens in community, but it's, it's real easy because we're not asking you to sign up. Like we're not going to spam you like Jenny does with Alpha. <laughs> it's, it's really simple. Okay. So it, it's a kind of, it's a taste and see space, okay? And so we want to invite you, we're going to be around the city, lots of different areas, if, if you just want to even get to know some of the team and spend some time with us, like we'd love to see you. And so you're invited to come out to these pop-ups and it should be a lot of fun. And so that's one of the, the new middle space things we've got going on. Okay, the moving a little bit deeper. Okay, maybe you've done Alpha and you went to a pop-up or you know, you've just got to know uh, Zachary and Alex and you're like, man, it, like, people are actually awesome. Like, I'm in. I, I want to actually now have a rhythm of life in community with some people as a part of my church. How do you join a community and what's it like? So I don't want to labor the how, but I will say Nicole and I want to make it as easy for you to do. We want to come alongside you. We want to chat with you. You can email us. You can call us. You can force us to take you for a coffee. You can talk to us out of the Connect space, but we're here for you. And the, the tool we have is we have a communities map on the website. And it, it has like a pin in the map for all of our communities. And some of them are green, which means, hey, we got space right now. And some of them are red, which means, hey, we're full. But we're still on the map because some people might move and we might open up again. Or like what happened in Sherwood a couple of summers ago, we tried to get all the communities together to do some stuff in the summer. So it was really useful to know who was doing stuff in the city around us. And so the community map is where you can go and find out like where are the groups that are currently meeting and then we can connect you with a leader so you can find out more about it. And so really simple, but what's it like? So this is where I want to invite up a whole host of friends. So we're going to have uh, Will and Leah, Gabby and Ryan and Greg, if you guys want to come up. And uh, these are people, yeah, give them a clap. These are all people who are newer to community, um, who've joined a group or like really just started to put down roots in a group. And so I wanted to ask them a little bit about what it's like. But first of all, we should do a who's who. So tell us like who you are and how long you've been around AJC. Uh, my name is Ryan Romer and my wife and I have been here for just over a year. Yes, my name is Gabby, about a year. Uh, my name is Greg Fisher. I just moved to Oregon in August and that's when I started coming to AJC. My name is Leah, and I've been coming here for close to a year now. I'm Will, and I've been coming since May 2023. Awesome. So uh, let me start uh, with Greg. 
We, we should have lined you up in order, but it's okay. We'll just pass the mic. Um, so you joined the group. What made you want to do that? Yeah, to me, you know, moving here, uh, finding a church and finding a group are like synonymous to me. Like that's part of what church is. I think, you know, in the early church, they didn't conceptualize, you know, church attendance as, you know, one day a week, you know, three songs and a sermon. They, they saw it as living in, amongst a body. I mean, daily they broke bread and prayed together. That's, that's, that's what I was after. So yeah, 100%, as soon as I find a church, I'm instantly like, okay, I gotta get plugged in, particularly because I moved so far and yeah. I don't know anybody here yet. Yeah, that's awesome, thank you. Uh, let me ask you, Gabby, because you've got young kids, right? So you actually had to make space in your life, and I know that's hard with family life. So what, what helped you make space to do this new rhythm of community? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I think for us, it was really a mindset. So for us, connection, community, being part of a church was really, really important to us. So part of that is being very intentional in, a, in our lives to make space. So what that looks like, I think just practically, is putting it in our calendar, making sure that we are working our lives around something that's really important to us. And we've been able to make it happen. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, let's pass it down to Will. So. I want to ask, uh, so Will and Leah are part of our young adults community, and they just got engaged, so. Very exciting time. Uh, what was it like uh, joining a new community? Yeah, uh, this is going to sound kind of cliche, but honestly, it was like finding a family at young adults group. Um, I grew up in church, and I was the worst type of church kid. I was the pastor's kid. Um, if, if you know, you know. Um, but I knew what it was like to be loved and to be known by people in a church family. And since I moved over here five years ago, I lost that. And I've been looking for that. And um, I think through Young Adults Group, I have finally been able to found that, find that again. And I feel like I'm surrounded by people who love me and know me. Mm, that's fantastic. And Leah, uh, like, so you've been a part of this group for a while now as well. How's God using that in your life? Um, I would say that the biggest ways that God's been using this family specifically is to show me the places that I'm weak and give me opportunities to grow in that, which doesn't sound very fun, but it is so important. Um, and I think for me specifically, those weak areas were with prayer and with confession. And those are both things that like scared me to death before ever going to young adults. Um, and so I had prayed for opportunities to grow in those areas and came to young adults and found that that's something that we practice every week is praying around the tables together. And I've been able to find intentional community that allows me to confess the places that I'm struggling. Mm. And so it's cool to see God use that as an answer to prayers and continue to help me grow in that way. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, back, back to you, Greg, as we, we move along. Uh, so you're in this new group. Uh, I'm very aware the leader is sat over there, so just like, so just block him out, okay? What's your favorite thing about community now that you're doing it? No, I, I think it's the word that's been used. It's, it's become family. I mean, even, even as new as it is for me, I mean, they've been there for me. They gave me a ride when I needed one. So like, they've been there for me when I've gone through things with my, my biological family and gone through some stuff. And it's just like living life together and, and, mm. and being kingdom together, really. That's awesome. And then uh, I want to get some family insight as well. So I'm going to ask uh, you, Ryan, um, how do you see community affecting like you guys and your family? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think echoing what everyone else said is just that that deeper connection um, 
you know, to the church and to one another, having the investment of sharing um, aspects of your own life and, and really the power of being able to share that with others. Um, also, I think, again, for our kids, we've been lucky to find a group with uh, Steve and Rita and um, even volunteering in the youth group, I've been able to, you know, work and support their kids. But to be able to then go to their home and be able to connect more for our kids to be able to spend time together with one another, work through the fighting and the, the different challenges that they have to do, those are the things that I remember growing up as powerful as those relationships that I had with my parents' small mm. group. So it's kind of cool to see that generationally too. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Thank you guys for sharing. Let's give them a thank you. So there is one more thing I want to talk to you about, uh, and that is what's it like to start a new group? Because if everyone who's not in community decided to try and join a group, our groups would explode. Like, we, we need actually some new groups. And I wanted to just say, uh, like, a couple of things. Um, you are invited to do this. Like, Nicole and I would love to chat with you if you're interested. Because I think, I mean, you can go use the map and things like that. But one of the best ways to start community is in all of these other spaces. Maybe you're like, well, I actually, I've developed this care for community. Like, I care about it now, and I care about it enough that I'd, I'd kind of like to help make space for it. And I've got to know some people, and I think we all want to do it together. So like, what if you've got like two or three friends that you're, you're building relationship with, and you want to step into community? And this is a little bit of like, what's the difference between friendship and community? Um, that's quite actually a big conversation. But there, there's a sort of intentionality and an openness. It's like creating a table that intentionally has room for others. Uh, it's a little bit different sometimes than the friendships we have that sustain and support us. Um, but you're invited to do it, and I want to diffuse the complexity of it. Because sometimes I think people imagine stepping in to help start or foster or lead community is like, man, I'm going to host, I'm going to cook, I'm going to lead a Bible study. I'm going to be a prayer leader. I've got to be a pastor. Like, I'm going to have to be so skilled, so multi-talented, so spiritual that I just disqualified myself from thinking I can do it. And the reality is that all of our community leaders, just like all of our staff, are just normal people. We got some skills, okay, like all of us, and the Holy Spirit shows up. Okay, and we care enough about Jesus and we're generous enough towards each other that God uses us as we just try and love. And so there is a simplicity to this that I want to encourage you into. And I wanted to hear from, I'm going to invite Mike to come up because Mike started a new group really recently. And so I don't want you to take my word from it that like Mike is the horse's mouth. And so let's ask Mike... Uh, I would say tell us who you are, but I just told you everyone you're so Mike. But, I, but you're new here, so oh, yeah, I'm Mike. We've been here a little over a year and a half. My wife, uh, who's the stunning redhead right there with the camera, um, we moved up from California about a year and a half ago and found AGC, uh, AJC and just fell in love with it. Yeah, and um, so you uh, you wanted to start a group. I remember talking to you about it. Like, what was going on, like in you, that made you think I, I really want to do this? So when we got here a year and a half, I've, I've always been involved in men's groups uh, for the last 20 years. I've led men's groups for the last 15 years. And for me, it's just, um, as one of the, the guys was just saying, it's part of what church is. With, without the groups, it's just come listen to a good sermon on Sunday and then go home and do your stuff. Um, 
So I, I know the importance for me personally and for, and for other people, um, especially for men. I'm a big proponent of men's groups, men's only groups. Um, so when we went to look on that beautiful map, there was nothing available. Most of the dots were red. And uh, I said, well, it looks like I'm going to have to start, start a group. Yeah. And, and now you've got some guys doing uh, it. So like, what's it like? What happens in your group? So uh, we've got, uh, I mean, we, we filled up. So my dot's a red dot now, unfortunately. Yep. Um, you know, I, I invited some guys. I do a Thursday morning men's Bible study. We have a Sunday, uh, used to be Sunday now, Friday evening family group. And so I invited a few people from each of those groups. Uh, and we're at 12 guys now, which is... Uh, the upper limits uh, of what a, a group size should be. What, what I say to the guys who are interested when I'm talking about the group is, look, this is not a Bible study, but we will study the Bible. This is not an accountability group, but we will hold each other accountable. It's not a social group, but we will do social things together. Uh, and the way I wrap it all up is we're going to do life together. We're going to get to know each other as, you know, comrades and brothers and, 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 and walk through this Christian walk together. A pastor of, of ours always used to say, doing the Christian walk alone is not hard. It, it's impossible. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love your description, because I, I want to steal this. <laughs> when we describe like what the communities do, it's like, yeah, we're not a Bible study. It's not the only thing we do, but we will study the Bible. We're not a prayer group. We're not a prayer meeting, but we'll pray for each other and with each other. And like all of these things, there's such variety in what community groups do. And, and at our church, we have seasons. We've got one coming up in Habakkuk where we resource communities to pursue something we think Jesus is talking to us about together. But then there's all this variety around it. So last question, because you've, you've led some groups before as well. So I think you're a great person to ask this. As you sort of sacrifice and step in faith to lead and serve others by, by helping do this, how does that impact you and kind of your relationship with Jesus? First, I'll say it's not a sacrifice, it's a blessing. But, um, you know, I, I, I learned many, many years ago at, at a, a dark time in my life that I needed other men. Um, and I was fortunate at, at our church in California to have men come around me and, and pour into me. And that created in me a desire to want to pour back into other men. And so... Um, in, in, in our group right now, we're, we're doing a, uh, uh, we're, we're reading a book called Man in the Mirror. And uh, what, what God has really pressed into my heart is that in, in the community that we have, you know, both here and, and in our smaller groups, is that I get to help other men and they get to help me become the kind of fathers, husbands, neighbors that God, God intends for us to be and we get to pour into each other, mm. um, yeah. I love that, thanks Mike. Let's say thank you to Mike. I, I've just got one last encouragement for you guys, and that is to call out that doing this thing is really countercultural. This is, it's not gonna be easy. So I want to let you know, in case anyone sat there being like, well this is awesome, and there's some awesome people doing awesome stuff, why do I find this so difficult? Like, it's really normal for this to be difficult. Like, on one level, just in our world, we have to overcome cultural norms to do this Jesus culture of this different way of life. Because our culture values independence and autonomy. And those are good things. 
But when they kind of trump every other value, we can end up thinking that our independent life is the best kind of life. And it's not. It's less than Jesus' best. And, and we're never going to experience the fullness of what Jesus has for us if we stay in that zone. And so we need to invite Jesus to reform and reshape our values, like to, to, to filter through how our culture is affecting us. And not only that, sometimes it's just we have to overcome bad habits. Our brokenness, the brokenness in the world, means we've sort of adopted rhythms of life that are broken. Like, I mean, talk about snow day and COVID flashbacks this week. Like, did anyone have a Zoom meeting that was triggering this week? Like, oh my God, like, you guys would laugh at the, the, the angst at our staff meeting on Zoom this week. It was hilarious. Like, we, we couldn't cope with it. They were like, this is scary. But I can't even remember why I was saying that. But uh, <laughs> this is why, this is why. Because during COVID, one of the things that happened is actually some of our good rhythms got eroded. And I think our awareness of some of our needs, some of like, oh, like I'm carrying lots of anxiety or lots of loneliness, and maybe I need to do something about that. Our awareness grew, but sometimes we've just got now these bad habits of living an isolated life. And not only that, we need to overcome just our sin brokenness, our internal brokenness. When Adam and Eve sinned, They broke trust and they broke relationship with each other. And God is at work restoring our ability to trust one another and lean in and join up and become community. And here's the thing, it's hard, but Jesus is for this. And Jesus is not just for this in an abstract way, Jesus is for this for you. This is part of Jesus's plan, not just for your life, but this is part of Jesus's plan to restore you to form you to be whole again. Like, it's a kind of chicken and egg thing. Like, as he restores you, you're gonna be able to do this more. But the thing that's gonna restore you is stepping towards the thing God's calling you to do. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to partner with us through giving, visit us at ajesuschurch.org.